If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. Hello, 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 and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel, the show where we do nothing for an hour but figure out ways to get you rich as quickly as possible. Fast. As we can. And all we ask in return. 10% of any money you make from our ideas. A simple, simple, simple transaction. Very simple, guys. It couldn't get any easier. We didn't pick 8%. We didn't pick 12%. We picked a nice, easy number, 10%. That's right. (laughs) Easy number. Yeah. You know, and uh, we may even tithe some of that. To our beautiful host, Radio Free Brooklyn. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> At some point. At some point. How's it going, Josh? Good, Noel. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. I'm glad to hear it. It was a little bit under the weather the other day, uh-huh. and I bounced back. I beat that illness down with a <laughs> stick. The stick of life. Wow. Yeah. What what is the stick of life? It's it, not like the poo stick no, from our weapons episode. It's just my vitality. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it is your vitality. I feel beaten by your stick of life often. That's right. Often. Stay back. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we pre-record this show, but uh right around the time that this is being recorded, uh is very close to the uh anniversary of the passing of my father. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that, Josh. And so often uh, uh, around this time, I tend to think of my father uh-huh. as one does in these moments. It was a long time ago. It's not a, not a stab to the heart like it was for so many years. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> it made me think, uh, uh, I always often think of uh, this one story he used to tell me all the time. It was one of my favorite stories of his time when he was in Korea. Uh, in the army, mm-hmm. and it was after the war. Mm-hmm. He went over there as a young 19, 20-year-old boy, and uh, uh, he got in there. He was there. He was a uh, supply sergeant, and so he had access to all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and he had... My dad was quite the hustler, you know what I mean, and moved on in his older age, l- later years, and hustled as much. Um, but, you know, he was always doing little deals on the side, you know, supplying people with stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And like many people uh, on his base at the time, they would sneak off base and they would go to the uh, little town, the little village that was near them, which uh, had a uh, a house of prostitution there. And uh, <clears throat> all of the guys there had their girlfriends, I say with big air quotes, because they were all prostitutes. And basically, uh, he, you know, and his buddy, they would, you know, on their days off, they would get a little drunk, and then they'd sneak into the village and meet up with their girlfriends and get a little more drunk. And they all kept little huts. I mean, they were literally huts. They were surrounded by rice paddies and the whole thing. It wasn't like a city or even a, a town. It was really a village, apparently. Um, and they would pay, you know, for the upkeep of the hut, and the, their their girlfriends would live there. Sure, and, take and the, the village, whole night, right? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, 
And uh, uh, one day they were, you know, sneaking out and they got there and their girlfriends weren't there. Uh-oh. They're wondering what the hell is going on. And they're asking around where, you know, the ladies go. And it turned out the ladies had been arrested. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, women were often picked up for prostitution, whether they were doing anything or not. But if they were a single woman walking down the street, it was assumed they were a prostitute. And they were picked up and thrown into jail periodically. Okay. So he and his buddy, who was also a supply guy, uh, got really pissed off because they were thinking, we're going to have sex tonight, and we're going to see our ladies and eat good, and then we'll go back to the base. They get back to the base, and they start hitting it, and they're getting drunk. And mm-hmm. they're getting drunker and drunker and drunker. And they come up with this great idea that they are going to break these women out of jail. <laughs> <clears throat> so my father, as a supply sergeant, has access to all this stuff, so they go and they get fatigues that have no names on them. Mm-hmm. No no uh, uh, ranks on them, nothing like that. They throw on those fatigues, some pillowcases where they cut out the eye holes and mouth holes, and uh, some M16s that had not been given out to soldiers yet. And they really drunkenly make their way back into town, kick the door of the police station in. What? <laughs> with the pillowcases <laughs> over their head, shoot in the air. And start screaming to let their women out of jail. In Korean, at least? Uh, the one thing in Korean that my father knew uh, was Mama Oman Tango Pasado. Okay. Which translates into your mother comes like a tank. <laughs> <laughs> so in English they were shouting. Uh-huh. They were shouting okay. us all in English, but they were saying the women's names, which was in Korean. And they actually broke these women out of jail. Wow. Uh, and hustled them back and then ran back to the base. Um, where they stripped everything off and hit it and then blacked out in their thing. And, of course, the girls got picked up again, you know, <laughs> yeah. the next day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, word got back to the base that they had, uh, <clears throat> that someone had done this. Mm-hmm. And the base was in full lockdown for a month till someone gave themselves up. No one gave, they didn't give themselves up. Everyone's leave was revoked. Wow. Everyone's for a whole thing. Had it, had anyone found out it was them at the time, it yeah. would have been bad news. It would have been barred soaked in the <clears throat> pillowcase. That's right. They, they, exactly. But uh, no such luck. Um, they got away with it. Uh, but that's what alcohol and firearms can do for you. Wow. But, you know, just a little, little, always brought a smile to my face. That was one of those stories when I was a little kid, because he told that story to me the first time I was like seven years old. I could not get enough of that story. <laughs> I would make him tell it to me over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? How much could bail have been in like 1950s rural Korea? I don't know if they had bail. I don't know what to oh, deal with. Like, okay. you know. I mean, yeah, I imagine, I mean, part of the deal was they, you know, again, they weren't, the, 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 the village, town, whatever it was, was off limits to them. They weren't supposed to be there at all. He had other stories of sort of like where, you know, periodically the MPs would do raids in the village mm-hmm. to try to grab any of the guys that were, that were there that weren't supposed to be there. And he's got a story of sort of running through the, the you know, the raid was coming. He jumped up, ran out completely naked, running through the rice paddies, getting covered in human feces, you know, and <laughs> making it back completely naked, covered in shit to the base. Yeah. And being like, yeah, no, you know, no, I, uh, I, I fell I, into the tree. That's what I did today. I just poop on myself. <laughs> what, do you mean I was in the, what do you mean I was in the village? I don't get what no, you're I'm saying. I'm sleepwalking. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, it was just, you know, this is what they did. They picked them up. They would have only, you know, the reality is there was no proof that they were prostitutes. Yeah. They would have just held them there to sort of teach them a lesson. And But, you know, the real reason they want to bring them because they want to get laid that night. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was their day off. They were going to have to wait another week. Mm-hmm. To, so, you know, and you know, this is what happens. 20 years old, lots of alcohol and, and, uh, and power. Breaking people out of prison. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's uh, interesting that that story has been in my head. Yes. For the bulk of this week, because remarkably... Oh, yeah, now that you mention it, <laughs> our topic this week is prison. <laughs> That's right. Um, a place that I hope to never go to. Oh, uh, me too. Um, and uh, it's a terrible, terrible place to be. I don't think I'd be a good prisoner. I don't like almost anything that I can think about that has to do with it. You don't like a cot in three squares? Uh, I don't like being told what to do. Uh-huh. I don't like being crowded. <clears throat> um... I, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like feeling threatened. Right. That constant state of, even if no one's actually threatened you, although a sweet young thing like you would be threatened. Oh, yeah. Soft, tasty piece of fish. That's right. My you vitality. Would, <laughs> they they would sense your vitality <laughs> and suck it right out of you. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you would probably not do well in prison. Although they like the guys who make them laugh, so you might do okay. You yeah. might get away, you know, if you could find the right protection. And... I would have a really hard time as I'm Jewish, so I couldn't even get the protection of the uh, the Aryans. The Aryans, <laughs> you could at least as an Irishman. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you could at least get in on that. I'd be uh, Shecky White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would be. Yeah. Um. You know. Oh, let's get Shecky over here. That's right. You could. You could. And you could just do bad impersonations of Jewish comedians for them. They'd love that. <laughs> they would just say, yeah. he's such a good Jew. Yeah. Do it with a bigger nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that about covers it. That's yeah. what the Aryan Brotherhood's about. Yeah. Um, so, prison. Mm. It turns out uh, there are amazing amounts of money that can be made off of prison. Yeah. You know, um, U.S., we have 5% of the world's population. Mm-hmm. We have 25% percent of the world's prisoners we do we do and uh, i'm i'm fully aware of that and i'm also fully aware that the for-profit prison industry is a 70 billion dollar industry in this country 70 billion with a b that's right and there's a reason you realize that we have 25 percent of the prisoners and it's not just because there's that many people in this country breaking the law. No, it's because we're super racist, right? No. Well, the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of it, Yeah, for sure. A little bit of it. But one of the things I found out yeah. was because many of these for-profit prisons have uh, occupancy requirements. Oh, really? In the prison. Oh. Ranging anywhere from 70% occupancy to 100% occupancy guaranteed. And if the prisons aren't running at that rate, the state that they have the deal with, or city that they have the deal with, has to pay penalties. Really? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. horrific. Yep. I did not know yep. that. There, Of course, the state that has the 100% occupancy uh, uh, situations are the three prisons that have that are all in Arizona. Surprise, surprise, (laughs) surprise. So, uh, you know, that then puts states in the position where they go for things like three strikes, you're out. 
and mandatory minimum sentences. Yeah. And, you know, it becomes a real conflict of interest, as it were. It sure does. You know, but it's there's a lot of money there. Yeah. I mean, and we're not about social justice here. No. We're about making money. Yeah. Well, you know what? I am about social justice, too. Uh-oh. I, I got both ends on my schemes. Uh-oh. So. You Bernie Deneen. Get ready. All right. Well, hit me with one. Noel. Okay. I'll go right into it then. As I said, 5% of the world's population, 25% of the prisoners of the world. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do we do with them? We put them in prison. They don't just laze around and watch TV all day. They have to keep busy. Um, and so a lot of them are kept busy all day by maintaining the prison itself, mm-hmm. cooking the food, cleaning the toilets, all that kind of stuff. There's also Unicor, which is, uh, a, a, I guess, an organization uh, throughout the prisons where they make things, but they can only sell those things to the government. Mm-hmm. They can't sell them for a profit. So uh, license plates, park benches, military uniforms, targets for practice by police and FBI, things like that. Do you think they pattern them on prisoners, like the body types in those target practices? <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah. Hey, Shecky White. <laughs> Come over here. Yeah. Stand up in front of this piece of paper. Yeah. And they tr- trace, <laughs> trace me. <laughs> they put a bigger nose, though, uh, <laughs> which they all think is hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, and, and ironically, the one product that Unicor makes that they're allowed to sell not to the government is, uh, for some reason, they're allowed to make baseball hats, which I thought was just a weird fact I went a- came across. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, are they making like baseball caps for the major leagues or is it just like baseball caps for uh, uh, uh... It, it, what I read didn't say it just right. said, OK, they make just stuff for the government and they make baseball hats. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> um, pardon me. Uh, and the other thing that they have is they have the prison industry enhancement certification uh, certification program which was established in 1979. Uh, and so what this is, it is uh, allows companies to come in and use prison labor to work for their companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's benefits for the companies. Uh, they still have to pay them minimum wage, <coughs> which the, the actual prisoner doesn't really see because they then take <coughs> money off that for their lodging in prison. Yep. Uh, they take money off to give to uh, their families for, you know, whatever. They give money to the victims of whatever crime that person is in prison for, and mm-hmm. they end up with about 30, 40, whatever cents an hour, um, which is, I think, about the same as Unicor or any of these other things. I don't think it's really advantage for the prisoner uh, of choosing one over the other. The risk for the business... Oh, no, 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 sorry. I'm still on the benefits. Uh, so you, you do have to pay minimum wage, but you have a stable workforce where they cannot quit. Right. Uh, they do, don't have to pay health care. They don't have to pay payroll taxes. They um, don't have to pay vacation time. And that's that true. Is, yeah. is, is, is a big benefit uh-huh. for some of these companies. Although I did read that there are some companies that actually give them a 401k. They yeah. bring them into their 401k plan. I have seen that about, on some things, too. Um, the risks for the company 
is that they have a big lack of the control over their production process. So, you know, a knife goes missing, the prison goes on lockdown, and your assembly line gets shut down, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's a little bit of both. Um, The critics of it says it creates a, a real market incentive to lock people up, keep people locked up so that you have this labor force uh, at the ready, which I didn't even know about what you were saying before. That's a, you know, that's just as big of an incentive. Mm-hmm. Um, and the types of work that this prison industrial enhancement certificate, uh, they do, they do uh, manufacturing, sewing, farming, and call centers, basically. Yep. Uh, so relatively low skill work. Um, so I thought, great. I looked into uh, what it would take to get your company get some prison labor, um, and I'm not going to go too into that. But it was, you know, it it wasn't any rocket science to do. Mm-hmm. If you Google it and you read some real boring forms. You you can get it. One of the FAQs I did read about this was uh, it, the FAQ question was: Are stab re- resistant vests eligible for funding? <laughs> 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 so uh, and yeah, they are. Um, uh, so great. There's these businesses. How do you make more money off them though? Well, you make a hedge fund, right? So I would like to make a prison a prison hedge fund. Uh, it would better prepare inmates to make real wages when they leave the the prison and mm-hmm. enter the workforce. And if we're going to incentivize prisons and the society in general to arrest people, to keep people in jail, uh huh. Let's incentivize them to arrest some bankers. That's right. Right. <laughs> Let's get out there. Let's round up the bankers uh-huh. and stick them in jail. And uh, let's make some hedge funds in prison. The other real thing, the beauty of this plan, I might add, is since they're already in prison, what's stopping them from doing any kind of insider trading? <laughs> right? They can just break every law in the world and make that money. And, uh, you know. So what? We're already in prison. Yeah, but they're still only going to end up getting 50 cents an hour. So there's not the incentive for them to be criminals. Well, you can incentivize their release. You as yeah. you as the head of the hedge fund. You're hiring these people. The prison is not setting them up to do hedge funds. Yeah. You are. You well, as the hedge fund investor. That's true. Right? Yeah. These are your employees. So you're paying them. And, you know, in every major hedge fund... There are bonuses, and you're just holding on to those bonuses for when they get released. Yeah, you know, uh, from having worked in uh, financial firms for most of my uh-huh. working career, I do have to say that although there's a lot of bad uh, things that happen in the banking industry, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of things that just the whole setup is is wrong, the actual most of the firms want to in general not break the laws i understand that they they, they want to the, the game's already rigged right all they got to do is play it right. and win you know so they don't want people insider trading and things like that i understand that but i'm saying 
if the major incentive to not insider trade yeah. is getting thrown in prison and you have a prison full of people yeah. who are doing this work and they're already in prison, yeah. why not? Well, well, because the only incentive to insider trade is money. Yeah, and if you're only getting 50 cents an hour, 40 cents an hour, regardless, there's no incentive to break the law. You're, you're, you're trying to make a, a good CV so that when you get out, you can get hired by a real hedge fund. Well, but my point is, oh, I see. So you're saying have the prisoners start their own hedge fund. You're talking about a hedge fund investor from the outside, a hedge fund guy running a hedge fund, yep. hiring prisoners to do the work, yep. do Be, the trading yep. in prison. Yes. Right? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, since they're employees, like in every hedge fund, right? Eventually they're going to get out. Mm -hmm. If they're especially if we're throwing bankers in there, mm -hmm. right? So you have bonuses waiting for them. If they're doing a good job, you're going to hire them to your company unless they can't get hired to your company because they have a criminal record. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works with the Wall Street fat cats. Um and uh uh you know, you ins you figure out a way to incentivize it for them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's not neither here nor there. Now, I was also on, I will just say, because we're on the same page here in terms of uh, hiring people <laughs> to do labor for you. Yeah, I saw your face drop and I started talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, I uh, was just sort of looking into sort of like, how do you get these guys to work for you? What, what can you do? One of the interesting things about it is, is that if you uh, use prison labor, I was about to say slave labor, but it's not really officially slave labor. No, you're paying like 40 cents an hour. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, you also get a tax abatement of $2,400 uh, for your company, mm -hmm. for every prisoner that you employ in prison. Oh, okay. Yeah. And... You know, I was looking at a lot of, you know, it's amazing. You don't realize how many companies, everyday companies that you use oh, sure. in yeah. your life that are using, that have some connection to prison labor in some way. Yeah. Because like you said, there's farming, right? There's one company that in, in I think it's Vermont, is is raising tilapia and doing artisanal cheeses, mm -hmm. and all of their employees are prisoners. And all their stuff was being bought by Whole Foods, but then there was big protest against Whole Foods for using prison labor. But McDonald's, all of their patty forming, all of their 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 bun wrapping, like the packaging of of their buns, is being done by prison labor. Um, uh, who else? Ah, shit, I don't know. Victoria's Secret's a big one. Yeah, and they, I think that. they they tapped on that in uh, in Orange Is the New Black. They have that yeah. whole sort of. But that that's uh, Victoria's Secret is making panties. They're having prisoners making your panties for you. And apparently there are two guys, uh, uh, or maybe women, but two people who were tasked with uh, tearing off Made in Honduras labels <laughs> and sewing in Made in USA labels. And they blew the whistle on that. And ever since then, we're talking about three years ago, they've been in solitary confinement. Really? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I was thinking, like, yeah, how... Do you, the small business, get this? Because it's it's cheap labor, right? I mm -hmm. mean, basically, any of the major companies in this world are you in this world in this country 
are using prison labor. Yeah. It's how they keep their costs low, mm-hmm. right? To bring the savings to you, the consumer. Yep. Um, so are you a manufacturer, right? Sure. Why not? Prison labor. It's it's not that hard to get. That's the other thing is you just have to, you know, it's a little bit of paperwork. Yeah. It's not a lot of paperwork. Um, I was looking at one of the other things that I was looking at when we talk about the occupancy issue, right? And and you tapped on you you touched on the idea that one of the things that they do now is uh which I didn't know again until researching is is they actually charge the inmates uh basically room and board. Yeah. Uh they in some states and some prisons they have to pay for their own medical treatment or wow. a portion of their medical wow. treatment, any medical treatment that they mm-hmm. get. Uh, uh and as you say, some of their money goes to uh, victims' relief funds if they're actually working. Um, and uh, <clears throat> in California, they've started doing a thing where you can, because of the overcrowding over there, um, they have sections that are facility upgrades. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have... Uh, uh, one place has a uh, option to pay a one-time fee of forty-five dollars, plus a hundred fifty-five dollars a night uh, for inmates who are serving short sentences on lesser charges, so they can stay in a smaller facility, avoid county jail altogether, and uh, stay in a private room. Yeah, uh, that's not completely surrounded by bars. Uh, where they would have better bedding and a better meal. I would like that. So it's like it's like hotel mm-hmm. rates. And so I was thinking, let's take this a step further. There's a lot of overcrowding going on there. Oh yeah. A lot of this overcrowding is minor drug offenses, right? You know, kids who are busted selling a little bit of coke or uh, a little bit of pot. Yeah, or just having. Right, or just having. Yeah. Right, and they're ending up in jail because they don't are afraid to snitch on someone bigger, right? So why not, considering they're, I mean, $155 a night plus a $45 fee, okay, so that's for the guy, that's to stay in a better jail within the jail system. Mm-hmm. Why not set up a series of homes, or even your home, as sort of like a prison Airbnb, <laughs> right? Yeah. A prison bed and breakfast, Yeah, where bars on the doors, bars on the windows, but otherwise it's a beautiful... Victorian home, they get three squares, home-cooked meals, right? You can up it to 250 a night, you know? And then on top of that, you can pay them 40 cents an hour to do work around your house, yeah. the upkeep of the home, right? So it's, you're getting the nice double-dip situation, which, you know, I'm a fan of. You are a fan right? of that, You're yeah. basically getting free labor, plus you're getting money from them and from the government mm-hmm. for doing it, right? And so, I mean, it's truncated, it's short, but I think that's at Airbnb prisons for lesser offenders uh, throughout all these United States, but certainly in California. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks. Uh, you know, um, crim- uh, criminology is a, it's a focus within sociology. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I was a social major. Uh, so I, I didn't focus on criminology, but I did take some criminology when I was at school. And I had this one professor 
and he was like in the organization that ran the prison systems within Canada. And uh, he was talking about this one program that they had. Uh, so there was this program where uh, prisoners were freely able to f- sign up for it. And if they signed up and went through this program, it it dropped the recidivism rate massively, right? So the people that did this, chances are, weren't going to end up back in jail. Um, and then as a side note, uh, they had said that, you know, and, and actually just people being interested in doing this program, just signing up, even if they didn't get to get into the program, that dropped recidivism. And they had said this at some sort of... Just signing up. Just signing up. Okay. Uh, like, basically, you know, taking some initiative to, like, I'm going to uh-huh. better myself. Even if they didn't get in, just that little bit of I'm going to try and better myself... Gotcha. ...bled into the rest of their life, you know? And uh, they had said this at a prison conference between Canada and America. And so the Americans thought, that's a great idea. And they put up all these signups in their prisons with no programs behind them <laughs> <laughs> just to see if that would work. Uh, and they, they may have missed a bit of the point. but uh, <laughs> America, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Uh, so probably around this time, I'm going to say, you know, we got a topic. It's prison this week. It's something else next week. But... We also always hide a little Easter egg, a little nugget, a little piece of gold in there. That's a different topic. That we, allow- hide it. we hide it. We hide it. And that's what you found it right here. Uh, and it allows you to listen to it real quick, make a bunch of money, come back later when you have more time, listen to the rest of the episode, and make even more money. Uh, so, brought to you from Radio, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. Take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Is sorry the hardest word for you to say? Well, thanks to a new line of businesses in Japan, you'll never have to say it again. Why go through all the general ickiness of apologizing when you can just pay someone else to do it? One company charges $240 for face-to-face apologies and $96 for an email or phone apology. Another offers apologies while crying, and yet another will break up with your significant other for only $33 an hour. That last one might seem like a sweet deal, but according to the company, many sessions between a belligerent ex-lover and an actor playing your parent have lasted up to 12 hours. Then all you have to do is change your phone number and move. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's in Japan. That's become a very popular thing in Japan, <clears throat> paying people to apologize for you. Uh-huh. Apparently, uh, 60% of the people uh, that are the customers are women. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the culture there is not big on women doing the breaking up, and they have a hard time... Uh, doing it and not being feeling strong-armed into staying mm-hmm. in a relationship or even just apologizing for something they did wrong. Uh, the shame is can be unbearable at times, so to have someone do it for them is 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 a big deal. 
Uh, and and I think it's something that could be huge over here in the States. And those numbers, I mean, for someone to come up and do a face-to-face apology, like just a straight-up apology where, like, walk up to you on the street and go, Noel, I'm here on behalf of Josh, and I'm really, really sorry for that shitty thing he did to the last episode. Uh, that that would just infuriate me. <laughs> would it infuriate yeah, you? It'd be a little amusing if you were crying while you did it, but I, <laughs> it would infuriate me. Um, I, I like the, the I couldn't find out the price on the crying one because that company apparently only does. Uh, you you have to call them up and tell them what you want, and then they uh, give you a, a quote market rate. Yeah, I like. I was really fond of the one though that thirty three dollars an hour for someone to pretend to be your parent to go and break up with your significant other. <laughs> That's great. That yeah. to me is, you know, knock knock, who's there? It's Noel's dad. Yeah. And I hate to say this to you, but he's just done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, yeah, it's not over here in the West. It's not, I, you know, it's it's big in Japan. And mm-hmm. as we all know, anything that's big in a Japan ends up getting to be very popular over here. Sure. By someone. What was so. that game show where you jumped through the hole? <clears throat> what? The hole. What hole? There's like a hole in the wall. It's good. I think it was called Hole in the Wall. And you just jump through a hole. There, there's a, a wall with like a, a person-shaped <clears throat> hole in a weird position, uh-huh. and the wall just comes at you, and you have, oh, you to, have like to jump and like- In the shape. You have to try to make the shape, and yes. if you get through, you win something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that. Uh, that that sounds sort of familiar to me. There were other games. I mean, that American Ninja Warrior game mm-hmm. was just Ninja Warrior, uh, and that was- a, a J- Japanese thing sure. all the way, and then you have uh, Seven Samurais, <laughs> right? Exactly, you got it. And every video game ever made, yeah, is just a knockoff of a Japanese idea. Yeah, um, thank you, know. Japan. I'm yeah. saying it for all of us here. That's right. we, <laughs> thank you. We appreciate you, Japan. Yeah, we appreciate you, Japan. Uh, you know, I have a tiny mini scheme I want to give. Okay. Uh, and it's just a, a little, it, it's almost like a tip of the week part two. Okay. Only on topic. All right. Um, so, um, Ding Zui in Chinese means substitute criminal. And uh, apparently, wealthy people in China have been hiring body doubles to serve prison sentences for them. Oh, my God. Uh, And, uh, for instance, there was a owner of a demolition company who were, they were illegally demolishing the wrong homes for some sort of financial gain. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he hired a homeless guy, paid him 31 bucks a day for every day he served, and... uh, got away with it a cop in china said that they're not common but they're not rare so in china you want to make a little money you're down and out you're on the streets dings we i mean that's a very little bit of money though uh, like yeah. i wouldn't suggest that you rush off to china to become a professional prisoner no 31 bucks a day I mean, and then, you know, three squares in a cot. Yeah. Although I can't imagine Chinese prison. And if I had anything to do with it, you'd learn how to trade. <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd come out uh, uh, like a equities trader. <clears throat> you would. Options trader. Uh, 
so yeah, so that I just had a little mini I wanted to throw in there. Yeah, um, I had uh, just recently HBO has had uh, that I can't even remember the title of it, but it was that pretty bad Kevin Hart uh, and uh, uh, oh, who's the guy from Elf? Um, oh, I know what movie you're talking about. Yeah, but what's his name? Uh, what? Why are you why asking can, these things? Why can't I remember his name? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's infuriating. The second we, we hit stop on the record, right. I'll remember it. But. <laughs> of course. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, those two guys and uh, the big goofy white guy yeah. uh, is a traitor who's uh-huh. going to prison. Yeah. And he enlists the help of Kevin Hart yeah. to teach him how to be a prisoner. How to be a prisoner, because yeah. he just assumed that Kevin Hart had been in prison. Why? Because he's a black guy sure. from the hood. And Kevin Hart, in a way to make the money, goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And this is not a uh, 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 a new concept, right, in film and television. It's been mined for comedy several times. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, prison is a pretty harsh reality. And... Uh, there are a lot of people who go to prison who are not prepared for prison, who don't know uh, how to really get through prison. You know what I mean? They know the, the the harshness of prison, the terrible things that can happen to you, but they don't know how to sort of uh, uh, navigate those waters in any way. And I thought, I'm sure there's no one doing a how to get through prison class. Okay. Right? And so I did some some digging, and uh, there are books mm-hmm. on how to get through prison. Uh, there are even blogs about how to get through prison. And I was like, oh, I think I'm on to something. I think I'm on to something. And then sure enough, with not even that much more digging, I find Wall Street Prison Consultants. Oh, wow. And this is a website where uh, a fella who had done some federal time for some kind of trading scam uh, came out and realized that there was a need for this uh, for this service, and he does consultations. Oh, I think I read about this. Is his name <clears throat> Will Farrell? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> the the guy's name is not Will Farrell, but okay. the actor's name is Will. That's Farrell. right. Okay, anyway, sorry. absolutely right. Um, and. He does, and apparently Bernie Madoff consulted with him. Really? Yeah, and uh, he's been on all the shows. His name is, what is his name? Um, you guys out there, get a pencil. Last name is Levine. Okay. Sorry to do this. I, I'm, I'm not on the page That's that good. has his name. Last name Levine. But That's... I was looking at some of the testimonials mm-hmm. for him, because he's got a whole thing. And the beauty of it is, is a lot of these guys are still in, uh, in prison. And so they give their like prisoner numbers mm-hmm. as part of their testimonials, but uh, they're all really glowing. They uh, they all basically say that if it wasn't for this guy, th- some terrible things would have happened to them in prison, and he really helped them through. And these are all guys who are, you know, mail fraud or tax fraud, wire fraud, money laundering, bank fraud. You know, and the first thing they do is slag their high priced lawyers that they spent all this money on who didn't do anything for them. And then uh, they laud this guy. But that's it. So, yeah, feds, the federal prison system, I mean, that's rough, but it's nothing like the uh, state and county penal systems where you've got the murderers yeah. and you've got the rapists and you've got the gangs all doing their thing. <clears throat> so I was thinking, it seems to me, 
there has got to be some money in doing sort of, uh, you know, classes, like a, a kind of, a, I don't know, uh, a new school kind of thing. Okay. That's all about how to get through real prison life. Sure. You know, uh, who to align yourself with, how to get to them to align uh, with them. And it can be completely run by people who are fresh out of, well, not fresh out of prison, but who have spent time in prison, who've really mm-hmm. spent time in so prison. So you're given jobs? Yeah, you're given jobs. You can uh, 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 then also, you know, have people inside the prisons teaching people how to get through. You know, you've taken the course outside, and now you have a certain protection in a group of the people who have taken the course. We've all taken the course. We know who we are. Mm-hmm. And then in every prison, there's further stuff to discuss, you know, things that may have not come up in, 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 in class. You know, things, as in all societies, uh, when you're not around them for a while, things change, th- things change and morph. And mm-hmm. so uh, the hierarchies are never the same. Uh, apparently right now in all major prisons there's a big shift going on in the gang system the uh, classic gang situations the older gangs from the 70s 80s and 90s such as uh, the Aztec warriors and the black gorilla front mm-hmm. uh, uh, these are real names yeah these are real names. they're great yeah oh oh they're all I thought you were just gonna say like bloods and crips no 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 uh. bloods and crips they don't really have gang presence Okay. I mean, they do have gang prisons, but there are gangs that are just prison gangs that started in prison, um, uh, like the Aryan Brotherhood, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. that then continued outside of prison, because it, but they started in prison as a way to sort of protect, as well as uh, uh, survive, you know, mm-hmm. survive and yeah. make make and then became money making, and those all worked apparently on a kind of paramilitary scheme where there was presidents, vice presidents, councils, and then lieutenants, and they all ran branches mm-hmm. of the gangs, but they were organized. Now apparently, the new gangs are completely unorganized, and they're sort of loose affiliations of people who all came from the same cities. Okay. So you have these sort of broader, and they don't care. There's a little bit, it's kind of a, becoming a bit of a free-for-all in those prisons. So you need to know how to align yourselves. And when you get inside, you need people there who can uh, show you the ropes once you're in there. So sure. it's an all-encompassing thing. And uh, clearly there's people out there who'll pay for this. Mm-hmm. I know I would in a fucking heartbeat. Oh, man. If yeah. I knew that there was even the possibility <laughs> of going to prison, <laughs> I would be like, if I knew I was even on trial for something, yeah. that I was going to possibly be sent away for six months or yeah. a year before the trial even started, and I'm out on bail yeah. just to be safe. I'm taking every class I can on how to get through. You know, so it's something to think about. You know, I, I did see something about uh, a guy who, I think he was like a, I think he was a politician or a businessman or something like that, uh, and he had written a book about how to prepare yourself for prison, and the stuff that it listed was such small little common sense things uh-huh. that you would never think of. He's like... uh if you have reading glasses, bring two pairs, uh, and and like arrange for your own trip to prison, transportation, so that you don't have to make the trip in handcuffs, right? And like all just little things that it like after you go through the first time, you're like, oh man, if I had to do this again, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't think he had anything like how to meet the gangs that you need to meet, though. 
No, no, I doubt he had that. Because again, federal prison is a little different. The gangs aren't as prevalent in federal yeah. prison. You do need, like, there are things like in federal prison, there's things like <clears throat> don't change the television channel. Okay. Because that'll get you killed. Okay. If someone there who is there who is a violent criminal yeah. gets pissed off because you change the television channel without getting express permission to uh-huh. by everyone in the room, that could find you dead sure. in the morning. Yeah. And Even if you don't like Oprah. That's right. Keep watching. You just watch, Or just walk away. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Play exactly. some chess. Uh, yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, I have another uh, scheme. Hit me. Okay, Josh. You're... Got you coming at ya. So, <laughs> prisons, you know, they may only be getting paid 50 cents an hour, but uh, we got a lot of prisoners. It's a lot of 50 cents an hours out there. Uh, so how do we get our hands on that money, right? Uh, well, the easiest way to think of is the commissary, right? So in every prison, there's a store with a very limited amount of items that prisoners are allowed to buy. Well, and so I looked into it. It's very hard to get these companies to sell your products. Uh, I was just like thinking like, great, I'll just order some stuff. I'll make the commissary sell it. Yeah, very hard to do. Uh, Many of your products need to be redesigned for prisons. Uh, For example, they now make clear televisions. Televisions with clear plastic. And and clear everything almost so that, like, I mean, not just TVs, like all sorts of products. Mm-hmm. The big push now is on clear so that you can't hide drugs, weapons, whatever right. inside it. Uh, so so they're making special TVs. Uh, I read an article about um, a headphone company mm-hmm. that wanted to sell their headphones in the commissaries. And they needed to change the cords of their headphones to be easily broken. So no one could sneak up behind someone and strangle them with it. Like a garage. Yeah. Uh, and no metal in anything, right? Right. So, but if you're really determined to sell your products within a commissary, uh, for one, much easier if you're selling like a non-branded type product, right? Uh-huh. So uh, if you could go up and just say, I want... Salami, you know uh-huh. what I mean, like something like that. That that's just like a, a, almost a commodity, right? Uh, it, it's much easier than any kind of bra- branded thing. Um, and I, I looked it up, and there's this form that you need to fill out. That just looking at the PDF for about thirty seconds uh-huh. made my <laughs> eyes bleed because my original plan is gonna what well, was gonna walk you through this, but it made my eyes bleed. And then after you submit this. You needed to then go through just tier after tier after tier after tier of approval. And at any point, they could just be like, nope. And all that work was for naught. Right. Um, but if you really are interested in doing that, it is doable. As I said, you want to get a non branded uh, product in there. Uh, and two things I can suggest for what to choose to sell. Prisoners go bananas for ramen. And the reason is, is uh, not that they love ramen noodles. They take the little flavor packets Mm -hmm. and they put it on their food because the food there is so bland. Yep. So uh, I would suggest 
Just sell the flavor packets. Yep, yep. Why not even just sell a variety of flavor packets? Yeah. You know, the, the nature of, uh, of food science at this point is such that they can recreate any flavor, right? Mm-hmm. Either in a liquid or powder form. Yeah. So why not just sell a variety of flavor packets like beef bourguignon? Sure. You know what I mean? And you can just sprinkle it on your, you know, this tastes like nothing turkey slices. You're eating a delicious beef bourguignon. Yep. Uh, so uh, the other thing I would suggest if you're determined to sell in a commissary is uh, since smoking regulations have hit many prisons, uh, cigarettes are losing their currency as currency within prisons. Oh. So in the black market economy in a prison, cigarettes are less and less becoming the currency. And now it's being taken over by stamps and items that have prices like 25 cents exactly, 50 cents exactly, a dollar exactly, so that they know what it is they're trading. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because okay. they're not allowed to carry any currency. Right. So if you've got a product, sell it for an exact number. Uh-huh. Sell it for $10 and be the new $10 bill within the black currency. Right, and so everyone knows that that thing is $10. Exactly. Um, but uh, easier than commissaries and be- more beneficial for everyone. Uh, if you want to make money off of prisons, recently the FCC capped rates that can be charged for phone calls in and out of federal prisons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out that th- these people are getting such advantage taken of them. Oh, they were, yeah, yeah. Uh, so over 40% of your costs are all just service fees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not to mention, and the costs themselves are crazy, and the service fees are ridiculous. Uh, so if you wanted, if you're in a prison and you want to be able to make calls, you have to set up an account, put money in that account, draw against that account. Uh, so they have a charge to create the account, mm-hmm. a charge to add money into the account, mm-hmm. a charge, service charge for each call. Uh, and if something happens, you get ripped off, you know, you can fill, file a grievance, get a refund. They charge you for the refund, uh, which is ridiculous, uh-huh. right? Uh, if you want to try and get around that system, uh, I'll give you an example. There's a company called Securus that has a pay now option for prisoners uh, to make calls. And if you use that option, if you spend a dollar eighty on a phone call, uh, that comes with a thirteen ninety five transaction fee. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so th- there's clearly a lot you can do to make this a little better. And so these caps on the rates only apply to federal prisons. So uh-huh. they don't apply to the state prisons. Uh-huh. They don't apply to any of these other prisons. Uh, I looked into how do you get your phone in there uh, yeah you you got a, a lot of steaks and martinis and golf trips with a senator probably or something like that yeah there's one company who has the bulk of uh the phone yeah it's in prisons in this country yeah one and, company uh so you can't get in that way 
uh, I did read an article from the New York Times that talked about a prisoner, and he was just talking about his conversations. And he's like, the main part of these conversations aren't anything we're talking about. It's just knowing that like you have to make a collect call, right? So you're getting you're paying per minute to make a collect call and then paying a service fee on that. Mm-hmm. And so the other person's still paying for the call. Yep. Uh, so they were like the the main important part of that call was them accepting the charges, knowing that okay, I got someone there when I come out. Uh, so we work at Radio Free Brooklyn. We do. We can come up with a better way. Let's do it. Let's make prison radio. Oh, yeah. So uh, what we do is we put broadcast antennas near prisons. Uh-huh. We would charge families a not exorbitant amount mm-hmm. to come and broadcast to their family member, their friend, their whoever, and that person could tune into the channel. Uh-huh. And it's not a two-way conversation. No. Nope. But they do get the benefit that the family can tell them any important thing that's gone on. Yep. And uh they know that this person is is making an effort for them and they get to feel loved. Uh and y- y- you could make a lot of money doing this cuz we have a lot of prisoners out there mm-hmm. and you could do it without screwing anybody. That's right. Even if you just charge $2. Yep. For one of those, and had them put it in the uh, Radio Free Brooklyn Patreon account. That's right. For instance. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so th- this, what I'm talking about, that would be a poor cash business, but Radio Free Brooklyn, our mothership, they're not advertiser. You know, they don't, they're, they're listener supported. <laughs> they are. So if you want to help them out, you go to their Patreon page, you can put a one-time donation, you can put a reoccurring donation, Put a buck a month, twelve bucks a year, and you know help keep the servers humming. Zum 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 zum. zum Cats zum, fed. Oh. None of that money comes to Josh and I. The money that does come to Josh and I is ten percent of what you make off our ideas. And if you want to get in touch with us to uh, give us that money, which I know is coming, <laughs> uh, you can reach us on Twitter at grq Josh Noel. You can. Uh... Reach us via email with all of your information so we know how to get back and forth with each other <laughs> to uh, collect our big fat checks at grqwithjoshandnoel at gmail.com. Now you can Facebook us at Facebook slash grqjoshnoel. Yeah. You can go on iTunes. You can rate. You can review. You can subscribe. Um, yeah. You can do Stitcher. You can listen to us on, uh, on uh, Radio Free Brooklyn every Saturday and Monday. Um, our times will be changing. Yep, soon. Uh, once season three starts, we may be moving to a new time. We will uh, update you as we know. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, don't feel like you necessarily have to just reach us to pay us money. You can reach out, say hi, give us tips, give us ideas for shows, tell us what you think. Yeah. Uh, so about this time, we also, uh, you know, our ideas are great. I know it. Josh knows it. We want to prove it to you, though. So Josh goes out of his way. He calls the Internet for rules for getting rich that are out there in the world, that which we judge our schemes by. And, Josh, who do we have today? Today, Noel. Why won't it come up? <laughs> uh, 
Today we have, uh, uh, here we go, five experts, five tips for business success in 2015 from Forbes. We're a little behind. Mm -hmm. This is a year back, so uh, I still think it's probably still uh, uh, usable in this early part of 2016. Okay. Um, Number one, treat customers like guests in your home. I mean, Airbnb prisons. Yeah. I think that pretty much says it all right there. That's right. Um, Number two, belong to at least three professional organizations. Okay. Uh, Aryan Brotherhood. Yeah. uh, uh, Black Gorilla Front. Yeah. And uh, Aztec Warriors. Sure. And uh, if you want to put another one in, like, what a Fidelity Mutual Hedge Fund or something like that. Well, (laughs) funny you say that. Number three, participate in e-commerce. Oh, yeah. That's right. (laughs) I mean, uh, number four, introduce commerce and charity. Uh, we were talking about with uh, with Radio Free Brooklyn doing the uh, that's essentially a form of charity based on the amount of uh, money that's exchanging hands. That's right, considerably speaking. So, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, but right there, that's four for four. Yeah, we're sorry, we win. Yeah, prison. There's, <laughs> you win. We're we're getting part of our seventy billion dollars from uh, from the people in prison. That's right, and so are you. That's right. Um, so once again. For Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place.